Had I not experienced anxiety firsthand, I'm not sure I would have understood how debilitating it actually is. And that's what I want to talk about in the self-improvement room today. Hey, welcome back to the self-improvement room. I'm Christy Davis and today I want to talk about something that I am seeing quite a lot of. And I talk about this a little bit, but I don't think that we quite realize how much people really are suffering from that beast, anxiety. And like I said at the start, I'm not sure that I would really understand how debilitating it is. And it doesn't just happen to a particular age group or a particular gender. It can happen to anybody. And it does. I've seen kids as young as four and five suffering from anxiety. And I've seen adults well into their older years still suffering from debilitating anxiety. And I originally created the self-improvement room to talk about these kinds of not only mental health issues, but these kinds of struggles that we have when we are trying to live the most successful, most happy, most fulfilled life that we can, because these are the particular types of things that really hold us back. They really put us in chains and stop us from moving forward. And today I want to discuss the link that I've seen between thoughts, anxiety and the life that we create. Now, if you've listened to any of the past episodes in the self-improvement room, you will see that there is this pattern of our thoughts and what they are creating. And I've spent a fair bit of time, which I never do because I'm not a huge social media person, but I have spent a fair bit of time trafficking. Uh, That's probably not a very good word. (laughs) Scrolling through Facebook and through Facebook groups uh, and just seeing the patterns in regards to thinking and thoughts and how they're creating, well, our lives basically. And I've just occasionally popped up which I again don't usually do but occasionally I have popped up and just given my point of view in regards to thoughts and the response has been incredible I've been waiting to be told to get lost or shut up or (laughs) you know those wonderful things that we can often get when our comments are misread or (laughs) mistaken or misplaced But so far, the response to just this particular idea of thoughts creating our world and us creating our world from the inside out has resonated incredibly. And the comments have been kind of along the lines of, oh my God, I never considered that. And for me now, because I've been studying and working on this and doing it in my own life for so long it kind of just for me is common sense but I just realized that it really isn't and uh, some of us just don't realize this or some of us just have no idea that this is where a lot of our issues are coming from so that's what I want to talk about today those the link between those thoughts anxiety and then the life that we create 
thankfully in today's world there's a lot more talk around mental health conditions and how many people around the world that they actually impact and I think we're starting to feel less alone but it's still not talked about enough it's not talked about to a point where we can actually start to notice patterns within our friends and within our families because we don't discuss our issues at length or in detail, especially when it comes to mental health. It's still like that stigma of not having it, you know, all together, um, that perception rather of not having it all together and that stigma around mental health that says there's something wrong with you. After experiencing anxiety myself, and I still remember the first day, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit later in the episode, but after experiencing it myself, I never wanted to feel that way again. And so I've spent, gosh, the last 15 years, 20 years almost actually, getting older, trying to figure out why I felt that way and where it was coming from and the fastest way to get rid of it because I didn't like it. I didn't like feeling like that. Nobody likes feeling anxious all of the time. Nobody likes to go and have to pay for something and then they're overcharged and the anxiety is so overwhelming to say, oh, I'm sorry you've overcharged me, that you'd rather just give them the extra money. Or it might look like staying home from any work function because you don't want to have to get into the uncomfortable situation where you have to talk to somebody that you don't know that well because that literally makes you feel like you're going to throw up. And if your job requires you to speak publicly, well, that is another world entirely. In fact, they've done some research and they say that people would rather die <laughs> than speak publicly. Thankfully for me, I grew up uh, as an entertainer, as a singer, so... Being out in public speaking or singing was kind of just how I was raised. But that's not everybody's story. So it can be absolutely debilitating when you've got a head full of information that you want to deliver to your work colleagues or you've got a speech to give and you're just trying not to throw up. So being a vocal coach for 20 years uh, I started coaching when I was 17, actually, so that's 21 years. But I have seen the most incredible and the most talented singers not ever sing in front of anybody because they're physically incapable. There are some students that I've had where they do not sing a word for the first four months and we just work on their self-confidence and the issues or thoughts surrounding their anxiety. Now, from all of the exploration I've done over the years, I really see the intricate relationship between our thoughts, emotions, actions, and the life that we create. And by understanding that connection, you learn that there are ways to completely eliminate anxiety altogether. And I wouldn't be talking about this or even saying something like that if I hadn't gone through that myself or hadn't helped others move through anxiety and completely eliminate it. So I want to talk about the cycle of anxiety and the power of our thoughts and the roles that our emotions play and then the impact 
on our life that these things have. Now, I've mentioned before that I had a pretty rough time growing up and uh, that really caused some issues later on in life for me as it would anybody. But I didn't really understand what was going on or the impact that time in my life had had on me until because I had always performed. I'd always kind of been out in front of audiences. I was the school captain. I was a state debating champion. I had already sang at massive events. I'd already recorded an EP by the time I was 14. So I was no stranger to the stage. I was running my own music business way before I was 18. So I was already spending a lot of time in front of people and anxiety or performance anxiety uh, wasn't really an issue for me until I was about 19. And I remember this plain as day because it took me a really long time, actually years and years to figure out what had happened and what had gone wrong. And uh, I had, I was going through TAFE at the time, just before I had my son. So it was 2005. And I was doing a diploma of community services and we were focusing on relationships, uh, relationship kind of counselling. And then we moved into uh, alcohol and drug counselling. And I was already struggling to show up each day. At the time, I didn't know what depression was or kind of how it felt or what it might look like. Actually, I hadn't even really heard much about depression when I was 19 and anxiety. That word had never, ever entered entered my life. So I didn't know that these things were around. So when I was going to TAFE and creating my assignments and trying to hand stuff in, I was always behind and I was always really struggling. And I now know that that is also (laughs) attributed to my undiagnosed ADHD at the time, but everything was a struggle. And I had brain fog and I remember trying to debate with some of the teachers at TAFE, which I had always done successfully in primary school and a little bit through high school. And I would literally be arguing and completely forget my point. And I'd stand there knowing that I had a really, really good point to make and that I was really angry and really frustrated with the system or the mark that I'd been given, but I just couldn't remember what I was arguing about. And I'm like, that's a bit of a problem. But it wasn't until this particular day that I had gone in And I knew that I had to deliver, might have been like, it was a speech, but it was an essay. So I had to read it out. And I had done the work because I knew that I had to get ready to read it in front of the class. And this had never been a problem in my life. I was happy to get up there, no worries. I didn't have any nerves. But I felt a bit sick in the stomach in the morning. And I'm like, hmm, this is weird. So it got to my turn. And I got up to say my speech. Like I said, I was 19 and nothing came out for a moment. And next minute, my neck was on fire and my face was blood red. And my heart rate was so quick. And then my throat just closed up. 
And then I tried to deliver this speech (laughs) and I don't even know what was written on the paper. I was so nervous. I was, my heart was racing so fast that I just couldn't deliver the speech. I would stumble over my words. I had no idea what I was talking about and I really just wanted to stop and run away because I just sounded stupid. I was stuttering. I wanted to cry and I was so overwhelmed at that point in time that it shook me. Like it shook me to my core. I'm like, what the hell was that? I've never experienced that in my life. And that was the beginning of my anxiety and depression that I had gone through for quite a number of years after that. And even though I was on antidepressants uh, just a little while after that, I didn't stay on them for very long because I just always had this mentality, oh, I'll do it myself, I'll figure this out myself. So that was my first kind of experience with anxiety and it's stuck with me ever since. So when I am teaching and I do see those things starting to happen, so the the heart rate speeding up, the blood red face, and then the tears well up, I know that they've become overwhelmed and I know that it is anxiety and it's just so common now. But we just don't realise that because we don't really speak about it and some of us just don't know that that's what it is. Like I had no idea when I was 19 and it was soon after that I, because I was almost 20 at the time, that I left because I found out that I was pregnant with my son. Now I could have stayed and finished. I only had three months left of the diploma but it had scared me so much and turned me off doing anything because I was already struggling trying to live, <laughs> that um, that I just did not move forward uh, with the diploma. So even though I was already struggling in life immensely, that was like the next level for me and that started a journey of severe mental health issues and like I said, I was pregnant at the time so I was just about to become a very, very young mum and that was an even greater struggle because I couldn't look after myself at the time, even though I thought I could and I thought I was doing a pretty good job. I wasn't. (laughs) And so that anxiety would just continue to show up over and over and over again until I started my personal development journey or maybe a little bit before that, probably two years before that, uh, I started working on just trying to manage my thoughts a little better because I thought that might help but I couldn't build habits back then so one day I would have really great thoughts and the next day I'd feel like shit and I'm like oh no it's creeping back in again and it wasn't until during my personal development journey that I realized oh my god I actually am the one that has control over whether that anxiety creeps in or doesn't And uh, since then, so for the last eight years, I have not experienced anxiety on any level whatsoever. Sometimes I get a little bit nervous, uh, but as far as feeling anxious on that level that I just do not experience that anymore, but I've spent years figuring out how 
I was able to move past that. And I do the same with PTSD. That's something that I also suffered from. I'm completely well now and have documented my journey and other people's journeys just to see the links and the patterns. And I, at the end of the day, I thank ADHD for wanting to do that kind of thing and wanting to do that kind of deep work. But for me, I just see those links and patterns there. And then I come and talk to you guys about it. So there is a cycle of anxiety. It often, or actually it always originates from our thoughts. Our minds are consistently generating thoughts. So whether they are ideas or beliefs or interpretations of the world around us, we are having thoughts consistently all day, every day. And when those thoughts become distorted or negative, they can trigger an emotional and physiological response, which leads to anxiety. And once you start thinking those thoughts, if you are starting to do that a little bit each day, Think about how habits are created. That is how anxiety is created from habitual thought processes. And that was something that I started to realize in my life. And when I started to realize that and give it a little more attention, uh, I was able to become well again and fulfilled. But that does not mean that I try to reframe my thoughts. I don't do that. Uh generally, sometimes I might, Um, but I also don't try to control my thought process because I don't think that you can do that either. So people say, oh yes, if I can just reframe my thoughts and control them so I've got all positive thoughts, then everything will be fine. Well, no, because we just have way too many thoughts to do that. So what I've learned to do is just listen to the thoughts that come in, choose which ones I want to hold on to and then sometimes you will have way too many bad thoughts over and over again because you've created a habit and that's what I call your thought bucket and sometimes your thought bucket gets full and there is no room for new thought to come in and what I mean by new thought is if you're having all of these thoughts every single day no matter what because that's just our life then you're holding on to particular thoughts and you're having those over and over again and your thought bucket is full of those particular thoughts, there's no real room for you to be able to think about anything else. And that's how we create the habit, which creates our feelings, which creates our world. So if we can get to a point where we notice these thoughts that are filling our thought bucket and we can go, you know what, I've had enough of that shitty thought. I've had that thought over and over again. God Is there something else there? Is there another thought there? And nine times out of ten, if you just give it a few minutes and go, I'm just going to see what else comes through, that's when like our higher self or our inner wisdom or our intuition will usually kick in. It's a new thought from kind of a different place. You know when you're trying to get an idea or you're trying to remember something and it just will not come no matter what you do. You just cannot work out where the answer is. And then later on in the shower or when you're going to bed, it just pops into your head. That's a new thought. And that comes from whether you want to call it your higher self or your intuition or your inner wisdom or the 
subconscious mind, whatever you want to call it, it's always going to come. There's always going to be a new thought there for you. But if you don't allow that to come, the cycle perpetuates itself by reinforcing those anxious thoughts and intensifying those feelings that go with it. Now, our thoughts are incredibly powerful. They have immense power over our well-being. They shape our perceptions, our beliefs, our attitude towards ourselves and our attitude towards the world and the way we see the world. And negative thoughts, or I like to call them ants, automatic negative thoughts, because once one comes in, it'll leave its trail and the rest, thousands and thousands of ants, maybe millions of ants will come back and infest your brain. Now, while positive thoughts help with resilience and feeling calm, it's more about recognising negative thought patterns. And once you do that, like I said, you don't need to reframe them. You can if you feel like that helps. But we don't need to go, okay, well, I've got to think positively or I've got to control every thought. You don't need to do that. You just need to ask for something else. Empty your thought jar and say, you know what? I just need something else to come through. Some, another thought, something new, something different. It will be better. It might not be amazing, but it will be better than what you have had. Now, the next step in this kind of cyclic uh, reaction to negative thinking or to your thoughts are our emotions. So thoughts give rise to emotions and anxiety is just no exception. So when anxious thoughts persist, then we have or we invoke those feelings of fear and worry and unease and it's those emotions that become incredibly overwhelming and they affect our behaviour and our interactions with others. And that then creates that part of our world. Thoughts become things because they create those emotions. So if we can stop and go, you know what, I just want to have another thought. I just I want to have something different. And you just give yourself that space. Then something new will come in and then so will a new emotion. It's always our perception of our thoughts. We give meaning to our thoughts. We give meaning to our words and to other people's words. And that's all it is at the end of the day. It really comes down to your thoughts and your perception. And like I said, controlling that can be really <laughs> really difficult if not impossible and I talked about intuition in episode number four and how much easier just listening to that intuition or listening to your inner wisdom can really help guide you through those thoughts through those emotions so that you don't end up at a place of anxiety because anxiety influences our actions as well so that can prompt a avoidance it can prompt safety seeking behaviors and like I said earlier we might shy away from certain situations or relationships or opportunities due to fear and discomfort I know that if I was given the choice whether I was going to do that speech or not I absolutely wouldn't have done it it was honestly like going through what I would think death was it was 
awful. I couldn't breathe. I felt like I was going to vomit. I wanted to cry. I still remember very, very vividly those feelings of severe anxiety. And over time, those kinds of thoughts and behaviours limit our personal growth and they restrict any kind of experience that we get to have. I remember going overseas uh, with my husband and we were both kind of a little bit anxious about it. And I remember he got over there and he was so anxious about this new world that I'm like, can you go put fuel in the car or gas as they call it? And he kind of just looked at me and like, we need to put fuel in the car. And he just froze because it's different over there. You pay for your gas first and then you, and then you top up. I guess it's kind of like Costco, (laughs) Costco, if you've been to Costco here in Australia, it's exactly like that, but we hadn't experienced that. So I never put fuel in the car or I didn't back then. So that became my job until he became comfortable with, uh, with those new surroundings. But the anxiety that he experienced around that just brought him to a complete halt. He couldn't even speak. So it really does impact your experiences. And then it kind of reinforces that cycle again of anxiety so if you can manage to recognize the connection between anxious thoughts emotions and actions then you can see the pattern and you can choose to break free from the grip of anxiety it just takes the habit of firstly recognizing the thought that you're having and how often it's happening secondly stopping and choosing not to consistently hold on to that. And thirdly, just letting it go for a few minutes and seeing what other thoughts there are. What else is there? I don't want to feel this way anymore. What other new thought will come through? And over time, that will start to happen more regularly, more habitually, because you're stopping yourself and you're recognizing the patterns And that's when you can create a new reality because our thoughts, our emotions and our actions, our emotions and actions coming from thoughts, they collectively shape the life that we lead, which means we can actually just create our own reality from the inside out. And that's when little things like self-reflection help, practicing mindfulness, so just being aware of the kind of thoughts that you are having and then just stopping, giving yourself room for something new to come along. And if reframing your thought allows you to feel better and it allows you to feel more hopeful, then reframe the thought. But you don't have to reframe it all of the time because that can become tiring. Now, please don't take this as me not thinking anxiety is a real thing because as you've heard, I 100% know that it is and it is a real struggle and it's a very complex condition, but it comes from a very simple problem and that is our thoughts because our thoughts create our emotions and our emotions create our actions and our actions create the life that we live. So if you think the outside world is pissing you off and creating the problems in your life, you're not ever going to be able to fix that. You're not ever going to be able to change that. If you're saying, oh, you know, she's causing me to be anxious, my relationship's causing me to be anxious, my job's causing me to be anxious, people on the road are causing me to be anxious, then yes, the entire world will make you anxious. But 
whether you are stuck in traffic and that makes you anxious or just gives you a moment to maybe have some downtime and process, you know, some of your thoughts or your day, depending on how you look at that, (laughs) thoughts are just thoughts until you give meaning to them. Remember that. They are just thoughts. Words are just words until you give meaning to them. And the example that I often use is somebody might come and say to me, hey, you've lost 10 kilos, you look amazing. And I might say, thank you so much, I really appreciate that. And they might share that same compliment with somebody else who thinks, well, I didn't know I was overweight in the first place. I wasn't trying to lose weight. Like, why are you even commenting on my weight? Our life is created by our thoughts, 100%. And if you are struggling to believe that or accept that, start paying attention to your own thoughts. Don't try to change them. Don't try to control them. Just leave some room for something new to come along. All right, that was a long one. I just, I really love talking about the stuff that I've gone through in my life uh, and how I got to where I am now because I think it really, well, I hope it really provides hope because at the end of the day, I'm just a regular old girl, old woman uh, with, you know, with my opinions, with ADHD who has struggled throughout life but does not now and has really delved into the how and the why and the when and the where and the what has made recovery so successful and I know that you can make yours just as successful or if you're already going really well you can use these tips and the things that I've learned to have the most successful life that you can create the most happy and fulfilled all right before I wrap up for today we have a question that has been sent in and as I said or as I always say these questions are anonymous and you can send yours in you'll see in the show notes there is a link for you to be able to send in your questions and have them answered on the show but still protecting your identity Uh, When I do answer the questions, though, they are just my opinion from my experience. So if or before you head on your journey or if you need professional assistance, make sure that you reach out to a medical professional. All right, let's get into today's question. Here it is. I was listening to the show and you talked about trusting your intuition. What if your intuition leads you down the wrong path? That's a fair call. So I thought a little bit about this one and I guess you won't know until you try, but I believe the more you truly tap into that intuition and the more you fully completely trust that intuition that's when you realize that it just knows what's best for you and throughout this episode I tapped or touched on the idea of your higher self or intuition or your inner wisdom or whether you want to call it God or the subconscious mind or the universal mind 
we all come from the same place. And I think that's where our intuition comes from. And if you give yourself enough time to learn how to tap into that or enough time to experience when you are tapping into that, then it does know what's best for you and it will significantly help guide you in the right direction in your life. And I told a story uh, back in one of my episodes, and I believe it was episode number four in Intuition. Uh, I talked about when or the last time I decided that I was going to ignore my intuition. And that was when I lost my music Facebook page that I had been building for almost 10 years. And it had 33,000 people on there. Um, followers or fans on the page and uh and I lost it straight away like in within an hour and uh my gut was screaming out to me and because I was going through a cancer scare which was totally not it was just that I had lost weight and had a bony rib uh, but I was being sent for these tests my mind was elsewhere and I didn't listen to my intuition and that's the last time I said, you know what, I'm not ever going to ignore those feelings again or that little voice inside of my head again because intuition can come in a lot of different forms. And for me, it's mainly feelings and it's mainly just that voice screaming in your head. So I think the answer to your question is I don't think it will lead you down the wrong path if you are truly listening to it and the more you listen to it, the better and the easier it will get to trust that it will be there 100% of the time. So I hope that helps. Again, if you've got a question that you want to send in, you can, I will leave the link in the show notes and you can click on the link and uh, send in your question for the show and you'll remain anonymous and I will give you the best advice that I can possibly conjure up. And until next week where I will meet you at the same time in the same self-improvement room. Start living from the inside out. Start listening to your thoughts that are creating your world rather than the outside world creating your life. All right, until next week, stay safe and stay well.